that show, yeah. the Patty Duke show, mm-hmm. ran on Nick at Night from '88 to '93. Okay. So you need to. You're, you're right about the the micro generation, mm-hmm. or maybe just the this, maybe maybe you need to widen it, or maybe you need to bump it up. a little No, bit. I think it's that we. I think I think it's like mm-hmm. I do need to bump it up, but it's that we watch a lot of VH1 when we were supposed to be watching a lot of MTV. Yeah. And so like we have like a a set of references that skews older. Yeah. So I think it's probably actually like this was made for people who are up right now like. 37 to 41. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We should we should back up a little bit and do the show. Yeah, probably. Um, hi. Or it was just made for me and you and Morgan. <laughs> Specifically. <laughs> yes. Uh, this, this episode goes out to Morgan Stewart. And so to you, Morgan Stewart, and all the other people listening out there in TV land, I say, hi. Welcome to Ruin My Life. I'm Jason Edwards. Written, I'm Kelsey Goldman. And this is a show called Ruin My Life. Which is a show about making your friends like the things you like, which is usually what I say in the opening. Um, you said your name first, though. Yeah, no, I'm not saying you messed up. I'm saying I messed up. <laughs> but then you just, you went along with it. But in a way that forced me to double back again. Oh, no. Uh, Shall we start over? We're not, we're, no, we're, we're good. We, we can just <laughs> okay. go with this one. This one's going to be pretty loose. Okay, sounds good. So, the premise of this show, uh, for anyone who hasn't heard our show in like the last four or five months, because we haven't been making it. We've done at least two episodes in that time. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so there's Scream, there's yeah. Taskmaster, yeah. and The Simpsons. Yeah, we did two bonus episodes, too. That's true. That's true. Those were just off the dome. <laughs> yeah. Kind of like this one. Yeah, exactly. This is a special but, anniversary double episode, though. Is it? I mean, our anniversary was last month. That's true. Well, it's been, you know, it's been five years? Four years. Four mm. years, yes, yes. 2016, baby. Yeah. It's, it's funny. It was also my four-year four, uh, four year wedding anniversary yesterday. Yeah, it was definitely... It was Our first episode came out... Like, while we were on... Honeymoon. The Friday before your wedding. Yeah, well, yeah. Didn't yeah. it? I thought it came out... I remember, episode, I remember editing episodes on the flight back from the honeymoon. I think, I think it came out... I thought it came out, like, the day before your wedding. That might be right. <laughs> um, that's crazy timing. Right? We recorded in, like, September, though. Yeah, we recorded, like, a bunch. Maybe, or maybe we had an episode that came out the day before your wedding, and we actually, that was, like, the third or fourth. Because that was the Warren Zevon episode, because I remember, because my mom talked to me about it. Oh, yeah. And my mom was at your wedding. Nice. Well, good. I'm glad she was. She was invited. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. So, the, the, this podcast is, right, we... we, we it's us, old. The podcast is we, old. We bring something to the other and share with I, them. It's not a lot happening. And then we experience it. <laughs> and then we talk about it. Uh, what we've done this time. Well, this is actually did not this did not originally it was not intended to be a a double feature, a no. back-to-back double feature, no. uh, creature feature. This was originally just going to be the film Get Over It. Yes. From 2001, a comedy film. A comedy film. A teen comedy film. Teen comedy film starring Kelsey, You brought this movie to me. Would you like to yes. give a little background on it or just explain your Connection. Your enjoyment of it, your yeah. connection to it? So, uh the 2001 comedy film Get Over It stars uh, my girl, as you know, if you're mm-hmm. a long-time listener, mm-hmm. Kirsten Dunst. That's right. Um, so talented. And in her peak, right. peak year, peak uh, set of like two and a half years from 1999 to 2001, um, when she was just her, killing it. Her first peak. Her first peak. Her first She's had many peaks. Had many peaks, yes. Yeah. Um, and By it the way, is... RIP to On Becoming a God in Central Florida. Pour one out. I'll say right now, we didn't actually get around to watching it. We did not. So no. we were not. We did not do anything to save it, and uh, that's and on us. I that yeah. I feel shame. This this is the self self crit portion of the podcast, mm-hmm. Kelsey. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry that I interrupted. It's okay. Anyway, get over it. 2001 comedy <laughs> film, starring Kirsten Dunst. Um, 
and also Ben Foster uh, are the two I would say leads of the of the thing. Um, it is a fun teen comedy loosely based on a Midsummer Night's Dream of you know Billy Shakespeare fame. Well, they're producing it for their high school. The, sh- the, the characters show is... are produ- putting on a production of a Midsummer yeah. Night's Dream. Yes. They are putting on a production of Midsummer Night's Dream, but the plot is also loosely based on a Midsummer Night's Dream. Yeah, in the sense that every 30 minutes, the main character has a dream uh, featuring characters and locations from a Midsummer Night's Dream. But Well, no, like the whole like people being in love with each other and then switching and yeah, changing their minds. It doesn't and... really happen in the same way as it does in a Midsummer Night's Dream, though. I said loosely. Uh, I'm just trying to problematize your thesis. That's what uh, the Wikipedia page says. When you, when you go in front of the board, this is, you're going to want this. Okay. I'm going to get my, my PhD in... Uh, Early 2000s, Kirsten Dunst. Yeah, you gotta get your PhD and, and, and tell me about this movie. Listen, if anybody has their PhD in early 2000s, Kirsten Dunst, <laughs> it's me. <laughs> um, Why don't you get a PhD in, 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 in keeping the podcast going? Anyway, so <laughs> this movie's from uh, 2001. Um, so it's, it's uh, pre, pre-9-11 as far as things uh, <laughs> go. Now, this show that has an important distinction. That's an important distinction. We, we, we are very clear here that there is a, a distinct um, But anyway, it's a fun teen rom-com. Um, I did not see it like when it first came out, but I definitely saw it in high school and like instantly fell in love with it because it's, it's definitely doing like a similar thing to uh, 10 Things I Hate About You, although it might be earlier um but like in a way less earnest like in a in in an earnest way also but in a way that really leans into the absurdity of like that a little bit and like the form in general and it's like a little bit raunchier but not too much you know um i just it, it is a type of comedy and and um thing that really just hits a specific button for me <laughs> and I make everyone I've ever met watch it at some point <laughs> um because it's one of my like top five favorite movies of all time probably um <laughs> if anyone out here is not I'm, I'm 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 talking about you right now I'm laughing I'm laughing at you that's I'm not, I'm not saying anything else I'm laughing at you um that is funny to me because if anyone in this who's listening to this has seen get over it and was not like in love with it like you were yeah the fact that it's one of your top five movies of all time is I'm sorry gonna be very funny to them. Yeah. Yeah. That movie's goofy. It's goofy. It's goofy as I as love all it get. though. I love it. It's really goofy. It's really fun. It's got Cisco. He's hanging around. <laughs> um, you know, we'll as, get, as himself. As himself. We'll, we'll get into the weeds of like there's a lot of people in this movie. There's, you know, like a lot of recognizable names, I guess. Both from like specifically the early two thousands, like uh Shane West and Coolio <laughs> and um uh Mila Kunis, which I guess is not really early 2000s, but this is like before she was on that 70s show, I think. And, um, but she was on it. Yeah. So. Uh, but it's actually more impressive. Yeah. She's like already a, a, yeah. a big name. I mean, Kirsten Dunst was a big name at this point. Um, Colin Hanks is hanging around. He's hanging around. He's always showing up in stuff. Carmen right? Electra, that was who I was thinking of. Like, who's like someone specific from the early. Like, Carmen Electra yeah. is also here. Um, yeah, there's a lot of a lot of fun people in it. I think it's a fun movie. Oh yeah, yeah. Carmen Electra. There was if you ever saw Carmen Electra in a movie, it was made before 2006. It's for sure. Yeah, yeah. That 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 person did not survive into the uh, yeah. the Obama presidency. Yeah, but it's just like it's just like this very specific like humor that I really enjoy. Obviously, I love Kirsten Dunst. I love like sort of weird Shakespearean dumb tropes. Um, you know, I think Ben Foster is really kind of a hilarious anti, like, uh, what would, who would normally be the hero of this, uh, this movie. Like he really plays against 
that type and I think it works in a weird way. Um, I like I like this movie for um, like when I was a teen, I liked this movie because the the people who are in it like are like popular. They're not like like they seem like real people like they seem like real teenagers would act in my in my personal opinion. They're like dumb. And they don't really care. And like it's not like they're in love or whatever. Um, <laughs> but but also like turned up to like 12. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, and it's just a little bit absurd at all the right moments. Um, uh, and Martin Short is there also. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exa- yes. I feel like that's the only way to describe it. Yeah, I mean that's a, that's a good summary of it. Yeah, and I think it's uh, the, I think that ten things I hate about you is a great touchstone. Yeah. So I think for if anyone's not seen Get Over It, two thousand one, yeah. uh, it is a, it is like ten things I hate about you, and it seems like it, it, to me it only got it seems like it only got financed because things things I hate about you did so well. They thought, well, it's another Shakespeare uh, like you know, teen teen romantic comedy, um, but it has a certain absurdity to it. Mm-hmm. Right, it has like, and not just in the dream sequences I alluded to, and mm-hmm. but like in the humor of the movie, and just like the way things play out, the looseness of form, um, like the entire opening opening uh, credit sequences, like a march down the street, like the yeah. main characters being followed by an entire like musical like cavalcade of people. Vitamin C. Vitamin C is there lip syncing to uh, "Love Will Keep Us Together." Yeah. By, uh, um, the I think it's the Cabinet Neal version. Yeah. Um, and that's like never acknowledged or like or like explained as like oh this is his imagination. I mean you yeah. you understand that's what it is. And but... then it's it's also not like he interacts with them. Yeah. Also like yeah. it's a, you know. Um... It's it's a, and it's like that's not like a focus. It's just a thing that it, like happens in the movie because they wanted to have that moment. Yeah, and right? the, like the tone is so like because I think it can be absurdist and like you know in a way that's like kooky and and. Uh sort of like dumb and out there but like the tone of the movie is so like down to earth yeah it's so like is just so like grounded um i think one of my favorite things is um uh the main guy who has a weird name burke burke (laughs) (laughs) um his interactions with his parents who are played by Susie kurtz and uh, ed begley jr (laughs) um which is so good first yes. of all. but they're yes. they're sex therapists um and they have like a tv show and yeah. i just i love like that as a con like that someone was like what if his parents were sex therapists yes. <laughs> and they're very sex positive yeah so. which is what you want if which I is like kind of like a sort of father, against yeah. against the gray like they're very sex positive it's like yeah. a whole thing because it kind of seems like they're trying to make an r-rated 10 things i hate about you yeah but like it's not r-rated they didn't lean into it that hard yeah. but yeah it's like leaning more towards that kind of humor sometimes mm-hmm. but i feel like it's smarter than that also <laughs> it's like such a weird genre for me to explain but i enjoy it so much and there are very few movies i've come across that have that same like combo of like absurdist but like grounded that groundedness is so strange too because that was such a that, that's like i think an, an artifact of the era of mm-hmm. the style i think a lot of movies that were for like teenagers or mm-hmm. young adults that were like supposed to be comedies um, still, like, I had sort of picked up this, like, 90s, like, indie drama, like, grittiness to them. Not, like, grittiness, but, like, dourness. Yeah. And that sort of carried through to, like, um, I think the ultimate example of this is Orange County. Like, the Colin Hanks. Colin Hanks, once again. Yeah. And, like, Jack Black, like, road college comedy. Yeah. Which is, like, that sounds like it's, like, that movie today would look like a fucking, like, TV commercial. Yeah. Like, it would be plastic and, like, shiny and bright. Yeah. But it looks like a, like, it, like, it looks like now with, like, a, a, a dark, like, 
dramatic horror film would look like now like it's all the colors are muted everything's kind of dim and dark mm-hmm. people sort of like move through the the world like 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 real people like it's very grounded yeah um in terms of the style and that's still like just sort of was so soaked in to like that yeah then and this uh you know that i think it's just part of the soil they get over it grows out of yeah and even though it is so absurd like that's and that's what kind of makes the absurdity so specific to the era because it's contrasted with this very standard form yeah that was sort of just like the generic like house style of every um you know low budget production company but it's got like these like the bright 70s colors and and like it's doing a very 70s thing aesthetically yeah um but it's like set in like the the 90s yeah. i assume yeah. <laughs> um it came out in, in March 2001, so it is still the 90s yeah. for, all, for all intents and purposes. Yeah. But yeah, I think I really like that, that specific like, blend of two things, and I don't know if I've ever really found something else that like, does it the same way that I've like, enjoyed that much. Mm-hmm. You know? It's interesting you say that. Because there's, musical th- there's musicals. Because <laughs> yeah. the reason this became a double feature yes. is because when you showed this to me, yeah. I detected that, you know, that sort of uh, strain of absurdity within the film. Mm-hmm. And I thought, I, I feel like I've felt this very same sort of strange, like, like, like friction before, mm-hmm. but in like a, in like a deeper, unrefined, like of true, a real vein of it, you know, <laughs> um, unrefined and, un, you know, un, un, uh, you know un, unusable by most people. And that movie that I'm referring to in this increasingly tortured metaphor <laughs> is a little comedy film from 2000 called Shriek, If You Know What I Did. Last Friday the 13th. Now, oh, goodness. this here, folks, is a movie that was produced around the same time as Scary Movie, which was, of course, a parody of Scream and horror movies in general, but with Scream as a starting point. And this was the same thing. This is a, this is a, uh, this is a parody of horror movies. Um, Sometimes. Oh, yeah, 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 ostensibly, yeah, I guess that's the same thing. <laughs> Both sort of use the idea, the framework of a parody of horror movies to sort of insert, like, whatever yeah you know, the series is basically pretty random gags yeah things that are just like you know sort of hacky bits like shtick there's some vaudevillian style stuff in there for sure and, and also like just like really hacky pop culture references like instantly dated pop culture references too because of uh they for the time they're making it in and yeah but uh th- this one came out after scary movie so it got relegated to a TV premiere on, I, I think, the USA Network. That sounds right. Or maybe TNT. Yeah. I don't know exactly, but I, I believe it, it may have had a premiere on television before I mean, going straight to video. Are their characters welcome or did they know drama? Hard to say. I'd say there's some real characters in this movie. Mm-hmm. So I, don't, I, I can't really compare this too closely to the first scary movie because I haven't actually seen the first scary movie. Oh, yikes. Um, on the podcast? Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. I said it. But uh, this movie is unlike any other comedy I've ever really seen. <laughs> the only thing that comes close is is like the the you know the Zucker Brothers comedies from the seventies and like when they took over the scary movie franchise after the Wayans Brothers, like you know like, like Airplane and oh, yeah. things such as this. Mm-hmm. Heavy spoofs that are you know, more focused on just doing gags than like parodying any specific thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, although Airplane's kind of funny, it's a, it's a parody of a very specific subgenre of movie. Yeah, that, but also that doesn't with, get made anymore. But with, yeah, but with random gags. Yeah. So the actual, like, it's actually grown more absurd over time, mm-hmm. which is interesting. Um, we should rewatch Airplane yeah, as I, an experiment. I wonder if anything else has had that happen to it. Has anything that was a parody of something so specific, like, so outlived the thing it was making fun of, that now, like, the baseline is not really, doesn't make sense anymore? I don't know. I can't think of anything. 
Because, like, Spinal Tap, right, from around right. roughly the same era, mm-hmm. that's still, like, we get it. Like, yeah. it's, it's a movie about musicians and yeah. rock stars. Yeah. Because, I, like, I saw, I've seen Airplane, I was probably, like, 13 or 14 yeah. when I saw it. And, like, it, you don't, it's funny, but you don't, like, recognize what it's doing. Yeah, because, because they, like, you know, Airplane movies were a thing for, like, two years in the years before Airplane was made. Yeah. It actually probably seemed hackier at the time. Yeah. Uh, if, any, if anything. Yeah, that, that time has only helped that movie. Anyway, the same cannot necessarily be said of Shriek. <laughs> anyway, relegated to the lesser uh, straight-to-video status after Scary Movie, it mostly disappeared from the public consciousness. But I heard someone describe the opening scene of this movie when I was in seventh grade, and it sixth grade, and it burned into my mind. It's so specific and weird. Yeah, uh, I assume he had seen it on TV the night before. Actually, now that I'm yeah. thinking about the timing of when I was in sixth grade, mm-hmm. and 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 th- but then I I didn't. Uh, I didn't ever see it again until high school, in which, uh, oh my god, I, I, okay, I don't know if this is the actual story, right? But Morgan's listening to this, so I'm going to tell a story that I think he would favor, <laughs> which is that Morgan and I were in Walmart looking through the $5 movie bin. Do you remember this thing? Jen and I used to do this all the time, but really? it was, there, we would, it was a, it was Target. Like, because they had... Oh, 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 oh. Not... I do declare. I mean, you know, whatever. <laughs> But when they had really good, they had good sales on like box set DVDs and they'd be like five or ten dollars. And we go. But I have, I have been to a Walmart and seen like the, the like three dollar yeah, movie. No, bit. You yeah, got, you got to get down here and get your hands yeah. dirty. You got to shove your, you got to, you got to, you got to dig deep. Up to the, the fucking like that uh, shoulder. Might, that actually might be where I found. Into the bin. My DVD copy that I own, but not here of <laughs> uh, Dropped It Gorgeous. Oh, that's a great movie. Yeah. That would have also sold for five dollars at. Yeah. At Walmart, a lot of things sold undervalued for five dollars. Drop Dead Gorgeous also has a little bit of that like absurdity yeah, exactly. but grounded thing. Exactly. Yeah. Um. Great. Great balance. Great uh, movies. A great got a great tone. Yeah. To it. Uh. And then yeah. And also, but there also to be fair with things in that bin that were not worthy to be seen by anybody like Boa versus Python. Yeah. Um. Anacondas. Yeah. Things of this nature. Yes. Movies that are not meant to be you know horror one hundred and one. Horror, Horror 102. Sounds great. Special bonus movie on the disc of Horror 102, which was the back of the disc for Horror 101. Horror Bone- 506. Nope. The Museum of the Dead. Ah, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, Morgan and I had a lot of free time in high school. Yeah. Um, because we you know we weren't like hanging out. No one wanted to hang out with us, Kelsey. No one would. No one like. No one. No one appreciated us. I just did too many activities. Yeah, you know what? That was a waste. Because now where are you, huh? You're here with me talking about movies. I'm hanging out with you. Exactly. Where to get you? Same place that I Same am. Same place. Here. I like hanging out with you. <laughs> I know. I, I like it too. I don't think we would have liked hanging out with each other in high school, though. No, probably not. <laughs> probably, probably not. <laughs> I think we still would have known each other. I think we just wouldn't have been friends. For sure. Not close friends. I think we've been acquaintances. Yeah. Anyway, someone who was actually friends with me in high school. Shout Morgan out, Shout out Morgan Stewart, friend of the podcast. Shout out. Um... We found this in one of those bins, yeah. and we watched it. Yeah, and I think and you I, became obsessed I, with. I it. think we must have we must have found it. And I was like, oh, and it like it like rang the bell in my head from like mm-hmm. like five years previous. And mm-hmm. I was like, that's the thing the guy was talking about. And we bought it, and then it, yeah, then we became obsessed with it. And the, and it's uh, we we loved it, and we watched it multiple times. Um, ripped it off heartily for our own projects. Mm-hmm. Um, and we also developed a habit of showing it to people at at, at parties. We showed it. We showed it to our to our friends Blake and Jordan, 
And those were the last two people. Those are the first people we showed it to. Those are the last two people that didn't hate it <laughs> when they saw it. We would we put this on. This happened over a span of like like nearly a decade I'm talking about here. Okay. Is us putting this movie on at a party or a social gathering. Yeah. And by the end of the movie, everyone is gone or asleep. Yeah. Like we we cleared out the house at our uh <laughs> at our senior beach week with this fucking movie. Uh, and fucking, yes, the infamous beach week. I'd I'd do it again too. I'd do it again. You'd do it again. I'd do it in a second. Because I think this movie's funny as hell. This movie is funny as hell. Thank you, Kelsey. Yeah. I'm yeah. always uh, I'm always that that was what I really what really clued me into the similarities between these two movies because yeah. aside from the fact they're both shot, this movie came out in 2000. Yeah, like like a few months before Get Over came out. This one was shot in 2000, yeah. and it was obviously a much lower budget, but it's it's got that same mix of absurdity, but with that weird grounded late 90s like style and like the film stock is all mm-hmm. late 90s. And it's really yeah. pale, uh, like pale and washed <laughs> very, out. It's very pale and washed out. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, I could see why why people were able to get sold on digital. Um, there's an upgrade for that. Anyway. <laughs> Um, but anyway, yeah, so, and I, but I saw you laughing at Get Over It, and, I, and the way you sort of felt the need to explain yourself after every time you laughed, like, you weren't, like, defensive, you just, like, be like, ah, I love this movie. Yeah. I know it's dumb, but I love this movie. Exactly. And I thought, I know how that feels. <laughs> that's how I feel whenever I'm watching the movie Shriek, if you know what I did last Friday the 13th with people yeah. around. Yeah. And I felt that tonight. I felt other things tonight, like, like, God's hand touched my heart. When I, when, I, when I first heard you laugh at a joke in this movie, because I was... It took me a second, to be fair. I was a little... Yeah, well, yeah. I was, I was, a, little, I was, just, I was a little nervous that uh, it wouldn't go over. No, it went over. It's an extremely dumb movie. Yeah. I'm in the right state, too. You should be in the right state. Yeah, you should be in the right state. Yeah. Um, it's it's not, a, not really like a sober watch, I think. No, no. But the, th- and I, the thing I still appreciate about it is, look, you know, if you, it's like we say, if you're watching Shriek, if you know what I did last Friday the 13th, you know, if you don't like the comedy... Just wait one minute, it'll change. Mm, Just wait, it's true. Wait a minute, it'll change. It'll change. This movie has so many gags for a second, and for such a like for such like a low rent concept and such yeah. a like low to medium budget movie. Yeah. The amount of gags and the amount of effort they put in like sho- shoving these gags in the movie. Yeah. Is really surprising. I think it's like that's the thing, right? Because like even like scary movie, it's been a long time since I've seen it, but it it kind of has a lot of gags, but I don't think yeah. it has this many gags. And there is some little commitment to like a plot. Yeah. <laughs> like like in the scene, the moments in the movie where they're panning down the the, the high school uh, hallways. Mm-hmm. Um, it should be said this movie only really has two locations. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I, 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 this is actually my first time really it noticing is, that when yeah. you pointed out that the building they're at later on in, in the night is the is clearly still the campus. Yeah. It's supposed um, to be a house. Yeah. But it's definitely, but it's and you never campus. see them like go in and out the door. <laughs> yeah. So they had a lot of time to focus on these sets, right? Mm-hmm. But in the scenes where they're just like painting the camera down, this, this, the, the high school hallways, like extras like walk to and fro. Mm-hmm. There are times like they're panning through these, these people, these, uh, these kids and they're doing stuff. And there's like visual things like signs mm-hmm. and like, you know, the arrows, like your little like sight, sight gags. Um, though there's things where like there's multiple jokes happening in every frame. Yeah. Like like new jokes happen in the space of like a single frame. <laughs> yeah. Um, like all at, at once, and they're not all, they're not all funny. I would say the average amount of actual funny jokes in this movie is maybe twenty percent. <laughs> that seems right. Yeah, because but the, but the, but there's so many jokes. Yeah. So the bad jokes don't really take hold in your mind because yeah. even if like they're really bad and there's there's several that are, um, and that's like you know some of that late nineties like homophobia transphobia uh you know weird views towards sex and, and consent uh th- those things of all you know not like an aggressive like aggressively upsetting way but it's it's well your your mileage may vary they've aged they've aged badly it, yeah it aged badly 
But um, but but that was you know that was the that was the style at the time <laughs> in the nineties. Uh, homophobia was for some reason like, just okay in movies. I don't know why. Um, I mean, I guess I do know why, but it's uh, it's a bummer. Anyway, uh, I guess that's that's just our little flag for that. Uh, you know, but no movie is perfect. Yeah. No movie is perfect. No movie is perfect. And if you're able to overlook, if you're able to look past those things, um, the jokes come so fast that there's no time for you to even think about a bad one. Yeah. It goes by and like they already are set up to a new premise, a new sight gag, a new thing. And like I said, a lot of the jokes are pretty basic, just like sort of dumb, goofy concepts. Mm-hmm. But they're executed well, I think. I think the, the, the acting and, and the writer are actually pretty on point a lot of the time. Yeah, it doesn't, like, because it's a, par- like, it's a parody, so, like, the acting's not so bad that it loses, like, the quality of the parody. Like, yeah. you know, like, it's, it's, the actors are doing a specific, that they are acting in a specific way to portray the tone of the movie. Yeah. And that's still hard. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and there, I guess there are, there are essentially uh, two parallel plot lines um, that, only are, that are separate, basically, I think, because of, like, filming restrictions. <laughs> Definitely. And, like, fucking money. Um, so there is, there is the same with, 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 the, uh, with the teens. As they mostly hang around their high school, mm-hmm. as people begin to, you know, drop dead around, all around them. Uh, then there's a separate plot line where Tom Arnold plays a cop. Not a cop. A Pri- mall cop. Private security, a mall cop. The original. The original Paul Blart. The original Paul Blart. And. Tiffany Amber Thiessen. Tiff- that's Tiffany Amber Thiessen? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Kelly oh, Kapowski. Shit. Yeah, Tip- Tiffany Amber Thiessen plays, plays a news reporter. Yeah. And they basically just pop up every now and then had to share a scene together where they're, they, slowly de- they slowly develop a budding romance as they discuss the... Slowly? Uh, the, 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 the killing. The killing <laughs> well, it never really comes to fruition, which is yeah, why I think it's it, true. that counts as slow. Mm-hmm. But it, it, it approaches it throughout the course of the movie. Yeah. Anyway, uh, and as they discuss, you know, sort of the investigations and the killings and the uh, reporter covering the story, they basically just do like a little two-man, like, vaudevillian style, like, back and forths. Um, not probably in the sense of like broad slapstick comedy, but like goofy bits that have nothing to do with with the parody of of horror movies whatsoever. Yeah, it's not. It's usually not um, culturally specific. It's not like a reference to a, like a contemporary thing. Though there's a ton of that in, these, in this movie. For sure. Um, to, I mean, to give you an idea of the, the time capsule quality of this movie, uh, one of the jokes is the Coolio is in the movie, and he's playing the principal of the school. But the principal uh, dresses like Prince, circa the late '90s. And refers to himself as the administrator formerly known as principal. <laughs> so I think that gives you a good idea of what we're working with here. Yeah. Um, but the thing is, that's not like that. He that character shows up twice in the movie. Um, once so early, like the, it could be a one-off joke, and then by the time you forgot that he's in the movie, like an hour comes later, back for he a comes, scene. <laughs> comes back and gets murdered. Yeah. It is important to note that Coolio is in both these movies. Yes. Yeah, Coolio is also in Get Over he, It. He's a very, yes. he's a very uh, specific um, marker of the time period. He was, he was, he was trying his hand out in acting yeah, at that time, yeah. I guess. I mean, Coolio plays himself in Get Over It, but... Yeah, well, but he, you know, he plays, he plays a, uh, you know, he does some acting in this one. Yeah. He plays himself as, like, a, a surly old principal and as, you know, the art, artist, the, the administrator, administrator formerly known as principal, principal. Yeah. which is more of a persona he puts on. Uh-huh. But yeah, I think that's the frivolity of it, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm a real sucker for things that are frivolous and executed with like, intention and care. Yeah. Like, you didn't need to have a whole sequence where Coolio is dressed as Prince, mm-hmm. and he's getting murdered by, uh, you know, large objects flying in through his, 
his bedroom window and bonking him on the head while the killer menaces him and does like comedic like body work on the sick Julio. <laughs> I um, think, but but they did. They did that. They did that. I think there's something in both these movies about like the specificity of the vision, right? Like it's like especially for such like yeah again like 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 second tier. I mean I think these movies are pretty solidly second tier. Yeah, I'd say you could over it's a little bit higher up, but they're both. They're both not in the cream of the crop. Yeah, say. for sure, for sure. But they both do have specific strong visions behind them. Yeah, and and because they don't, they don't really feel like anything else from that time, even though they look like everything else from that. Yeah, time. like they have, they you, have you, this. You, you like, feel that, man? They have this like other thing running through them that may, doesn't make it feel like you know, like just a, you know, another parody film or yeah. another teen comedy. Like it, there, there is something specific there that the the director and the creator like had some sort of vision and executed it i would hope exactly how they wanted to or at least exactly how they needed to to get me to be a fan yeah <laughs> and for shriek that that thing that it has running through it is just this this desire to have a gag going every second like there's never not going to be a joke happening yeah which is even for parodies pretty rare like like most parodies still like have space between um <laughs> gags yeah but, but this doesn't really and they just like, and there's no limits on what they're gonna do. It's uh, it's anything goes. Clearly, they just these 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 two writers who are mostly um, there's two of them. Uh, they're mostly producers. They've written a couple of other things, but nothing, nothing too uh, you know, incredibly notable. Sue Bailey, uh, who has more credits, more producer credits, and has produced all sorts of manner of things uh, across the the you know, the world of Hollywood. And Joan Elms, who is uh, also a producer and has a few other writing credits, mostly with with Sue Bailey. It was directed by John Blanchard, who, who directed some comedy sketches for things like Kids in the Hall, right. uh, SCTV Network, the show, uh, the Martin Short Show, and directed yeah. a couple of other movies, smaller movies, mostly TV movies, um, and, but also did this. Yeah, but, the, but I would say neither of those people have, have work that I consider notable beyond this, and I would not think this was notable had I not you know, come across it essentially by random chance throughout the course of my young life. Yeah. Or is that say this? What would you say this random thing running through "Get Over It" is? I would define it as sort of a heightened, absurd uh, take on teen movies. Yeah. But I, I'm not sure. I, like I'm qualified to pin it down. Like I don't even know. Like I, it's hard to pin down because it's like it's not like absurdist in like a gags way. Mm-hmm. Although there are gags. Mm-hmm. Um, it's absurdist in like this really like specific i don't want to say intellectual way but like clever way sometimes there's almost something like a form formality to the writing and the acting yeah like a staginess almost not in a bad way yeah no and that's like i think that's part of the 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 intelligence behind it too because like the whole i mean i personally think it's 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 making a play on like the sort of shakespearean tropes and stuff in the in its comedies and such and so there's like a very deliberate like that kind of absurdity mm-hmm. to it where it's like we're going to sort of acknowledge that this is ridiculous that everything works out in the end but it's you know and there's going to be a random like fairy happening here <laughs> like and then that way i think that like sort of like infusion of magic the way he, shakespeare would do that in like a comedy comes through like this sort of idea this sort of ridiculousness like the new love interest is like in a boy band like that's <laughs> dumb but they t- treat it as totally normal yeah. um you know his his parents are sex therapists yeah. like it's kind of what the late 90s version of arch looked like in movies arch yeah arch you know it's arch 
It's arch. It's arch. Yes. Sure. You know, it's arch. It's arch. It's arch. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It's arch. It's arch. But it's it's a it's nineties arch. Yeah. It's late nineties. It's pre pre nine eleven arch. Mm-hmm. Late late uh, you know, the 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 height of the American Empire arch. <laughs> Yeah, but like, yeah, I, I, it's, it's, it's hard to pin down because it's not, like, it's not something that I can name. But I think it is very much that, like, the way that music is also inserted into the movie is very, like, specific in a way, um, and like the sort of merging of like, diegetic and extra diegetic. Are those the right words? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and like, sort of like. Part times when you can't tell which one is which. Um, arch. Arch. How do you spell that? Mischievous. Saucy. Ooh, Marked saucy. by deliberate and often forced playfulness, irony, or impudence. Yeah, that sounds right. It's arch. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm obviously not an expert in arch because I had to pull up the uh, Merriam-Webster definition of it. Yeah. The guy who wrote this. I've, I have a personal sense of what it is. And yeah. I, don't, uh, I feel like I understand now. I share, yeah. So I, I was not qualified to, to define what, what 90s uh, Arch was, but I did it anyway, you know, because this is a podcast, baby. The guy who this wrote is, this... This is, this is punk rock radio. Yeah. The guy... The... <laughs> yes? Yeah. <laughs> the guy who wrote this also wrote She's All That. And... Um, the guy like, who wrote um, Get Over It? Get Over It, yeah. He hasn't done much else. He's done a couple of episodes of a couple of like teen shows. Because she's all that is a very sincere take on teen yeah, romance, right? Yeah. So it makes him wonder if he was like readdressing his own work, or if this the, That's this the script the script was more in line with uh, his work on she's all that. Yeah. And the director the, is the one that brought this sort of sensibility to it, sort of like to create a distance between um, the the viewer and the work. You know, not yeah. to, not to view it critically, but sort of you know to have it. Be a little bit more heightened and a little more, a little more playful. Well, and silly, just straight up silly, you know, just goofy with it. He hasn't done a whole lot, but I think that that is probably correct. Yeah, I mean, yeah, sometimes. You did the United States of Terra. Oh. The episode of that. Yeah. Ella Enchanted. Also, have you seen Ella Enchanted? No, but but when I remember when I looked it up, Sarah during the movie, Sarah said it explained a lot. Yeah. I've never seen Ella Enchanted, but I do sort of get a kind of a. Uh, I feel like Ellen Chantasy is more a little slightly more sincere than uh than get over it, but it's yeah. not it, there's still like this undercurrent of like But it's still pretty idiosyncratic and like kind yeah. of like strange and a little bit mm-hmm. a little bit um like knowingly artificial. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like not like in a in a in a bad way or an empty way, just like in a in a you know, in a playful way. Mm-hmm. In a winking sort of way. Exactly. Wink. Wink. Yeah. Ding. You ever do one of those? Ding. You ever do one of those? Ding. Ding. You ever do a wink? You ever wink at anybody? Like for real? No. Not what, really. Yeah, what, do people do really people do, do that? that? Can you imagine like me? Should like, we like wink at each other now when we see each other? <laughs> I, I, actually, I don't hate it. <laughs> <laughs> but, but imagine like seeing someone at a party and be like, ooh, that person's uh, looking real good. You know what? Best way to signal my interest at them? I'm going to close one eye at them uh, because it's the 1930s. You know, gotta um, really get it going. I have a hard time doing it without opening my mouth, too. <laughs> Are you opening your mouth? I can't see behind the microphone. <laughs> do you have to turn your head when you do it? No. <laughs> get over it. Get over it. Shriek. Shriek. 
I think I think I've said all I have to say about Shriek. You, you said all you have to say. I, I, I highly recommend it, folks. If I, you, well, actually, I, maybe maybe I don't. I think the these this these. No, no, wait. I do. He has more. I do. I take it back. I do recommend it. Oh, okay. With the, with the with the qualifiers I mentioned earlier about content stuff that I understand. Yeah. Not everyone's cool with that. Not everyone can like you know can can appreciate a thing with that in it. That's totally fine. But if you can, I recommend it because it's goofy as all get out. And it's a movie that wants to entertain you, wants to make you laugh so bad. And maybe, you know, you weren't 15 watching the, the Mentos, the Fresh Maker parody <laughs> section and laughing your head off. Maybe that won't work for you now in 2020. But you know what? You won't know until you try. Yeah. I like Freak, it. if you know what I did last Friday the 13th, watch it. I, you, you have to buy it off Amazon, though, because it's not on streaming anywhere. <laughs> I, stop your, it. Your podcast, m'lady? Yeah, give me your gloved hand. I'll help you step on the, the velvet-covered stairs onto the You're podcast. the one who just kept talking, okay? I, I didn't signal that I was done in any way. You were trying to jump in. You were trying to jump in. You were trying to jump in the line. <laughs> and move your body in time. Jump in the line. Um, no, what I was going to say <laughs> is I think that both of these movies are like hit a very specific nostalgia point in my head personally um and um but it's so specific that it doesn't feel like it was meant for like a a lot of people (laughs) (laughs) and i think there are things in both these movies that like are like mine and jason's like versions of like uh, like like when you know when you you watch something or experience something or find a product and you're like, someone made this just for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. You all know it. You all know it. And that's how I feel about Get Over It. Like, mm-hmm. it was a movie that was made specifically for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and at this specific time in my life that now... So, like, I appreciate it very intensely then, but I also appreciate it very intensely for a lot of other reasons now. I mean, it just, like, it doesn't lose its sheen to me. Um... <laughs> Which is which is nice, and I think that that Mentos moment in uh, in that movie sort of corresponds with the big red moment in uh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. in Get Over It. Um, like I think those are very. I think there are a lot of sort of analogous moments mm-hmm. that are like this is for me. It's like oh, this is Jason's version of this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you should always watch movies and see what they can learn about. See what they can teach you about the people that love them. Because <laughs> I feel like I learned a lot about Jason. And I think he understands me a little better. I think I like to think I did too. Yeah. That I understand more about you now. Mm-hmm. After watching the movie. Mm-hmm. And it feels good. It feels nice. It feels nice. That's what the podcast is all about, right? Share things with your friends, y'all. Yeah. I do also want to note, um, it must be, imagine it's nicer for you because you can watch to get over it. And think about what these people went on to do, mm-hmm. and how you know bigger, strange their careers or their lives were. But yeah. uh, most, of mean, people, Cisco, but... most of the people, <laughs> most of the people in uh, Shriek uh, are not big name actors. Yeah. Uh, what I'm going to say, uh, you know, they 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 continued working, many of them. Um, so they, sorry, I was just suddenly got paranoid that one of them might hear this. Yeah, I can see how that might happen. I, I don't necessarily think it because like I think they're all doing like a good job in this this they're movie. They're doing good. Like, yeah, it's, not, it's, it's I, I like I, I said before. I think what they're doing is a very specific type of acting, and it takes a lot of talent. <laughs> I, I, I don't think we've we've slandered them at all in terms of their performances, which I think are very good. And funny. Yeah. I'm worried that that um you know I, I might offend somebody who's actually got a very vibrant and active career just because I didn't read you know far enough oh, down yeah. on, a, on a Wikipedia page. Yeah, that would be unfortunate um, for you. 
Not that I really think anyone of them are going to hear this, but it, you it's know. the thought. It just, you want to, you want to. Because the point I'm about to make is the movie's not as big as Good Over was. Yeah. There's less of a budget, less, you know, popular, mm-hmm. less, was not even released theatrically. Yeah. Um, And so, like, it's, you know, kind of low enough on the, on the, on that spectrum that mm-hmm. you could, it's small enough you could imagine someone involved with it hearing this. Yeah. I mean, that's uh, happened to us. Yeah. If, hey, if you, if you do hear this, great job, everyone. Great job, uh, everyone. Great movie. No offense meant any of my comments uh, from this point forward, but. I would say the most notable name in this cast is Danny Strong. Yeah. Who is uh plays the 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 sort of shrimpy nerdy kid Bonner. He does a great job. Who's just who's just trying to get laid. Man. You you may know him from such roles as a guy whose name I can't remember but is a reoccurring character in Buffy. Jonathan Levinson. There you go. He also plays Doyle on Gilmore Girls. Yeah. 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 He was in he was in Mad Men. As Danny Siegel. He looks like he's been in Mad yeah, Men. Yeah, right. He's, 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 <laughs> once, once he grows up and he still has that face, like yeah. when he's like all the way, like like a full like 35, 40 year old adult and he still has the face, that's yeah. like a, that's a 50s face. Yeah. Or a 60s face. Um, and, but the, the strange thing is he's also, you know, he continues to appear as, uh, you know, in movies and like television shows and roles, but he's also got a role as a, um, he, he became a, like a writer, like a big, like a pretty big Hollywood writer. Like he wrote both of the final um, two parts of the Hunger Games movies. Oh. He wrote both those. He's a co-creator of Empire on Fox. Really? Like one of the, like one of the showrun- showrunners. Really? And, yes. <laughs> wow. Which is like, which is, which is a, Same day. It's not just a common name? No, no. It's, it's him. Oh, wow. Danny Strong. He, he wrote, well, he wrote The Butler. Lee Daniels The Butler. Excuse me. Lee Daniels The Butler. Well, he's like a working scriptwriter. Yeah. He's doing some stuff. Yeah. Good and, for him. Uh, he, but he has recently, um, by which I mean three years ago, made his directorial debut. With Rebel and the Rye, which I've not seen. No. Um, but it's just because he's like a very iconic face from like 90s and early yeah. 2000s television. Yeah. And for me, from this movie specifically. Yeah. But like, you know, he's, he's yeah. enough a part of stuff that you, people like know his face. Making a living so, in Hollywood. So, so the journey he's been on from like that, to, play, like that, playing that sort of character role to writing and creating these big things is just really uh, just neat. Yeah. It's, it's a fun neat. little journey. This, the Shriek also stars um, a hybrid of two actors, I'm yes. fairly sure. Yes. I think they, you know, took cells from both of them, and somehow that worked. Yes. Although Andy Samberg probably wasn't that old then. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Simon Rex, who plays Slab. Yeah. Um, Slab, whose last name I didn't realize is Obeef. <laughs> Simon Obeef. Uh, Simon Rex, uh, you know, uh, much love to him. Very funny. Yeah, uh, I, he does. I, he does a great job. I, I I laugh whenever I think about his performance trying to read the uh, the note the killer leaves. And, um, I think that's funny. And the way it's cut is also very funny. Yeah. He looks like a combination of Ken Marino and Andy Samberg. Yeah. But. Like eight years before either of those guys were actually popular. Yeah, and it like, but like also like, it feels like what would happen if you m- mash those two characters, those yeah, two actors' yeah. acting styles up there. He doesn't just look like it; like he embodies the behaviors of yeah. a character that would be played by both of those people at the same no, it time. It makes me wonder if the the person, the people we know as Ken Marino and Andy Samberg, weren't originally some sort of um you know powerful beast. Oh some God! Sort of, like creature with like a great great acting ability. This movie couldn't then, succeed. Simon then, Rex was too powerful. But then they like like someone broke the the cursed amulet that gives them eternal life, mm-hmm. and they split into two forms. Oh man! And now they they continue to live, and, and you know act and like try to stay undercover as human beings, while all the while hunting down the uh, the brave and sexy team of archaeologists who who still have uh, possession of the amulet. Yeah, trying is, to reunite. This is and so they can destroy the world. <laughs> this is Simon Rex. Is Simon Rex. <laughs> <laughs> On free form. So I guess that about wraps it up. It does it? Okay, yeah, yeah. Sounds good. In short, uh, watch movies with your friends. Yep. That is really what this show is all yeah, about. Yeah, watch movies, y'all. 
Watch movies um, with your friends. Do shout, share stuff with your friends. It's fun. Shout, shout out to movies. Shout out to shout movies. Out movies. We're never going back. R.I.P. to movies. R.I.P. movie theaters. Um, Fuck you, you want, Chris Nolan. Do you want to do the, the special? Do, do the special thanks. Yeah, we'll do. We'll do the special thanks. Do the special thanks. Special thank you to Danny Abala for use of his song "Outside in the Rain" by the Weeping Willards. Special thanks to Carly Sussman, who designed our logo. You can find her work at carly-rope.com. Special thanks to you, the the listener. listener. Please, if you're a listener of this show and you like me and my voice, not just my sonorous uh, tones of this this, this beautiful voice I have, but my writerly voice, the way I express myself through language. He's great at it. And scene and instant and color and detail and plot. Please, as I've implored you to before, listen to... Morgan Stewart's podcast, The Misery Loves Company. Indeed. Uh, the please don't forget the the. Don't forget the the. It's um, important. Yeah, please. Uh, this is this is like Lil Wayne in the mid two thousands. Don't forget the the baby. Don't forget the the baby. Um, and and please go to listen to The Misery Loves Company, but especially for my sake, listen to the miniseries that I wrote with Morgan. Four parts. Uh, it's out now. All four parts are out. They're, each part is like less than fifteen minutes. So yep. you know, it's, that's like an hour of content. It's great. Broken up I know easy. you need some new content. Come on, come on. People Try, are making stuff. See how it, yeah, see how it is. And I'm like, hey, I'm looking for fe- I'm looking for feedback. I'll take you know co- critiques, criticisms, but supportive criticisms. Okay? Supportive I'm not criticism. trying to yeah, you know don't, don't tear me apart here. I'm like yeah, I'm, I'm like I'm like I'm like a sensitive dude, you know. He's a sensitive. I'm dude. very emotional. I think I think I wear that pretty openly. Yeah, I think you're doing good. Aside from you know, aside from my ironic you know, Riley sardonic persona, which kid this, this is what i'm talking about when i said that <laughs> when slab has his fantasy of the night that they killed that deer in, in shriek yeah this is how i see the world right because i honestly do think that's that's like i see myself as as like truly like as like rye and like sardonic yeah um that's but i i try to like undercut that as much as i can with the reminder that no i'm also dumb like everyone else is <laughs> like everyone in the world is, is, is very dumb and i'm one of those dumb people oh we're all dumb we're all very dumb i love being um, a dumb person being dumb is great look like, like, the dumber i get the the better i feel <laughs> Um. Anyway, listen to the Ministry Loves Company. Listen to the Ministry Loves Company. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Sorry, we're not releasing episodes in the correct way anymore. But yeah, you know it's 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 a weird time. Come it's on, it's a weird time. We'll we'll get there. It's gonna you we're gonna what? figure it out. Yeah, we're we're gonna figure it out. It's we might be on monthly for a while. You yeah, know? who knows, man? Who knows? Listen, we we gotta get to a hundred, right? Yeah, we gotta get to a hundred. We gotta get to a hundred. We, we yeah. might be a hundred when we get to a hundred, but it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> no, I think we'll get there before then. <laughs> We're at like well, eighty four, right? That remarkably dramatic note. Wait, uh. I need to plug my thing. <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> no, I'm not letting you plug your thing. <laughs> you did it like all sarcastic like that. What are you though. gonna plug? My Andrew's podcast. Oh yeah. <laughs> Oh man. Uh, um, I don't even know what I'm gonna say now. Do you have a podcast you want to talk about, Kelsey? No, not anymore. Look, you should also listen to a little podcast, a new podcast. Maybe you haven't heard of it. <laughs> it's called Musical Theater Deathmatch, starring me, Jason Edwards. He is on. No, not starring me, but I'm on it. The second episode <laughs> out soon. Out soon. The first episode, Ellen Shadburn. Ellen Shadburn. Out now. Out now. It's where me and Andrew, who you might know from now, uh, ended show 
Andrew Ninja Warrior. Yes, which you can also listen to cover to cover like a book. It's complete. It's, it's complete. <laughs> <laughs> the full story has been told. Full story has been told. Um, uh, talking about musicals, deciding what musicals are better than other musicals. It's pretty fun. I just did it because pandemic, I guess, and Andrew is mm-hmm. very convincing. <laughs> so yeah, to give that and, a listen, it's and because pretty fun. You, you like musical theater, right? I also do enjoy musical theater which... and lively debates with your friend Andrew. That's you know you're right. Or or lively verbal dances of agreement, you know? Yeah. Dancing in concert in harmony. Yeah. Exactly. Side by side on my keyboard. <laughs> why oh why can't we? This is gonna be so bad. I think it's good. I feel, I think we feel good. I think we sort of uh, got a little in the weeds there towards the end, uh, talking about our own personal shit, like we always do. Mm-hmm. But I think we mostly got it. I think we nailed it. I don't think I'm gonna have to edit this barely at all. Really? I think it's gonna be mostly good. Okay. Thanks for listening. As we always say, uh, healthcare is a human right. It is, including mental health care. And it should be free to everyone at the point of access. And we should all have access to it because therapy is a good thing. So I know it's not an option for everyone, but if you can, if you have the option, have the, the availability and the means, go, go to, to therapy. therapy. They wish I would go ahead and fuck my life up. Can't let them get to me. And even though I always fuck my life up, only I can mention me They wish I would go ahead and fuck my life up Can't let them get to me And even though I always fuck my life up Only I can mention me Only I can mention me Only I can mention me, I can mention me.